Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, and I'm the lead pastor here at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I am so glad you're listening in on our podcast today because uh, we are finishing up our series on habits, you know. And so if you're just joining us this week, uh, basically we there's been a couple of things that, that we have talked about over the last couple of weeks, and specifically from uh, the author James Clear. Uh, and one of the thoughts I really like that James said is that almost everybody has similar goals. You know, so if I sit down with a hundred of you listeners and ask you, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want to accomplish? Most of you would say some form of the same thing. Maybe you want to be in good health. Maybe you want to have great relationships. You know, if you're a Christian, you want to be close to God. You want to make a difference in this world. You want to be financially strong. You want to be generous. I don't know anybody who would state a a negative goal. I don't know anybody who would say, my lifetime goal is to always struggle financially, to, to live paycheck to paycheck. I can't imagine somebody saying, I hope to gain five pounds every year over the next 20 years so that I can struggle in the later half of my life with my weight and health, okay? I can't visualize somebody saying, I have a five-year goal to become a raging addict. If I can just become addicted to something, I could potentially wreck my marriage. I could hurt my children. I could lose relationships with all the people that I love. Wouldn't it be amazing for me to become addicted to something? Nobody does that. And I don't know anybody who says, I want to work for years and years at a dead-end job, something I don't care about at all. I, I want to live a passionless life. I want to get toward the end of my life and say, I didn't really accomplish anything. But one thing I do have is regrets. I have a bunch of those. You know, I don't know anybody who wants to end up like that. And what's so crazy uh, interesting to me is when, when we think about it, there's almost nobody that ruins their life because of one really bad decision. Maybe a few people, but the vast majority of people don't ruin their lives because of one really stupid decision. The vast majority of people ruin their lives with one small decision, one bad step, one bad habit, one day at a time over a series of years. They end up in a really bad place. They will summarize a lifetime of bad decisions in one sentence as well. Have you ever noticed that? Someone will summarize a whole decade of bad decisions. They'll say, well, yeah, she fell into sin and she cheated on her husband and they ended up in divorce. One sin summary, but all sorts of steps that led to that bad place. Well, yeah, he always struggled with his weight. He died at the age of 58 and they summarize it in one sentence. Yeah, he was really irresponsible. So eventually, the company fired him. But he didn't get fired because of one bad decision. It was a series. They'll summarize a season of bad decisions with one sentence, but it's rarely ever just one event. 
I personally like to read in the Bible those those summary statements, okay? And they're they're all over in there. And if you read with your eyes to see the one sentence summaries, you'll see them everywhere, okay? And to me, one of the most profound ones is in Judges sixteen one, and it summarized what be, what became a series of bad decisions for Samson. If there was a, a any guy that was born with incredible potential given to him by God, it was Samson. And yet, because of one bad decision, one step, one bad habit, one day at a time, he ended up in a life that that had a that he had a life that completely fell apart. Is what I'm trying to say. And Judges 16.1 is a summary sentence that says, One day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. One sentence summarizes the beginning of the trajectory downward for the life of this guy that was incredibly gifted by God. One day Samson went down to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Now, if you're like me and you, you don't know geography, okay, I had to look it up. Uh, but Gaza is 25 miles from Samson's hometown, Zora. Gaza was the Philistine headquarter where Samson was publicly public enemy number one. In order to go into Gaza, he had to put his life at risk. And what we know about the time when Samson lived is there was no Uber, right? So we could assume that perhaps one option was that Samson might have walked 25 miles into enemy territory to see a prostitute. Now I have a question. How many people walk 25 miles in a place that could kill you for anything? Who does that? And since I only work on Sundays and I have nothing to do during the week, you know, I decided to research and ask myself, how does it take to go 25 miles? How many steps do you have to take to, 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 to go 25 miles? And so I, so I reached it or I researched it. Okay. And, and do you know how many steps it takes to go 25 miles an hour? Probably not. It's approximately 56,250 steps. Now, I would submit to you that Samson didn't ruin his life all at one time, but yet, in that instance, okay, he took 56,250 steps in a direction that would begin a life of spiraling downward and out of controlness. Most of us don't wreck our lives all at once. How do we do it? We do it in one bad decision, one wrong step, one bad habit, one day at a time. And that's why we're talking about habits. That's why we've been doing this, this series on habits. So if you were with us the first week, we, we started with the idea of who before do. You know, Before we talk about the habits that we want to do, let's talk about who we want to become. Who do you want to be? Who does God want you to be? A godly father, a godly wife, you know, a great example to students that you go to school with, a person who's healthy, a person who's generous, someone who's sober, someone who's clean. Who do you want to be? The second week we answered the question based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to start? Start with the who, then what one habit do you need to start to become the who you want to be? Today, we're going to add one more small layer to it, and that is this. It's the question and the, and the point of application, based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to break? What one habit is unhealthy, maybe unhelpful, perhaps ungodly, that's taking you in a direction that ultimately you do not want to go? Okay, What one habit, based on who you want to become, do you need to break? 
Now, I like what James said about the filthy habits, okay? In James one twenty one, he said, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. What one habit do you need to rid yourself of to become who God wants you to become? So we're going to talk about how to do that today. But before we talk about how, let's talk about what. What is the one habit that you need to break? Because we need to acknowledge it, okay? We need to define it. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. What is the one for you? Some of you might say, well, Dan, I've I've got about 27 I need to break, okay? Well, don't say 27. If you try to do 27, you'll do zero. So we're going to talk about one. What's your one, okay? Get that in your head, and if you're at a point, you can write it down, write that down. Now, you may have a problem with a bad attitude, uh, maybe a complaining heart, maybe a, a gossiping tongue. And I know for you, that's not gossip. You're just telling people so they, they can pray about it, okay? <laughs> what is it that you want to break? It could be an eating issue. Maybe you eat and you vomit. Maybe you eat too much. Maybe you eat too much sugar. Maybe you eat too much chocolate, okay? Maybe you eat too many snacks or, or donuts, Maybe it's an eating issue, okay? It could be a technology addiction. Maybe you're addicted to video games. It's kind of fun and games are at first, but but now it's taking over your life and it's hurting your relationships and it's a little bit out of control. Maybe it's social media. You know, you're scroll, click, scroll, 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 like, like, you know, heart, heart this, then, you know, scroll, scroll, click, click, and so on. Maybe it's binge watching too much Netflix. Maybe it's pornography. You've tried to quit. You promised you wouldn't do it again, and you haven't quit. Maybe it's just your mobile device. Mobile device. You know, it's it's like you can't be away from that thing. You, you if you hand it to somebody, you get severe anxiety because it's a part of you, and you have to check it nonstop. And you're wasting your life looking at a screen. Maybe it's substance. Maybe you're addicted to nicotine, maybe to an illegal substance, maybe prescription medication. I don't know what it is. I had someone tell me one time, though, he said, if more than one person who loves you tells you that you have a problem, you very likely have a problem. So may I suggest to you today, whoever's listening lovingly, if more than one person who cares about you tells you you've got a problem with something, Maybe you've got a problem. Based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to break? So let's talk for a moment about why this is difficult, okay? Because that gives us insight into how to do it. Have you noticed there's a difference between why a good habit is difficult to start and a bad habit is difficult to break? For example, a good habit is challenging at first and then the payoff, okay? The win is somewhere in the future, right? Have you ever noticed that? For example, you're going to start jogging, okay? And so in the morning, you're going to get up, and you're going to be a jogger. In the morning, your alarm goes off, and you're like, ah, it's so early. And and you put your stuff on, and you're saying, you're trying to tell yourself, pump yourself up, this is going to be great, okay? And you go, and it's not great. It's cold, and it's hard, and it's difficult. And you do this for a while, and you see no payoff, right? And you have to do it for a consistent time, right? You know you have to. And then seven months later, you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm down, you know, 10, 12, 15 pounds. And you're you're going, I've got the beginning stages of of buns of steel. 
you know, whatever it might be. It's difficult at first, and the payoff is somewhere out there in the future, okay? So maybe you decide you're going to be plugged into God's house, you know, the church, and you're saying, you're, you know what, I'm going to get involved. You know, it's difficult at first, you know, but I got, I got to get up because I, I, I got to go serve, and, and you don't see an initial payoff, right? And then a year later, you wake up going, oh, my gosh, I had no idea I could ever be this close to God. And, and I've got this supernatural peace and, this, and his word dwelling in me, and, and I'm being conformed to the image of Christ, and, and I've got amazing friends around me. We're doing life together, and I'm using my gifts to make a difference. But it didn't happen over two weeks, okay? It took some time. It's difficult at first, and the payoff is in the future. Bad habits, though, are the opposite, right? There's a perceived benefit immediately. It's fun to do what's wrong at first, right? Sin can be fun. And I would ask you the question, how many of you would say that you agree that sin can be fun, okay? And some of you are saying, you know what? I'm not raising my hand right now because I might get struck by lightning if I say it's fun. And if you don't think it's fun, either you don't do it right or you're lying. I don't know which, but it can be fun, and then it's not. That in, Then it just messes you up, right? There's a perceived benefit, but the negative payoff isn't until the future. For example, okay, you're the customer of the year uh, at the all-you-can-eat buffet, <laughs> okay? You love the little banana pudding with the wafers in it, right? You all know what I'm talking about. If you guys ever go to a Golden Corral, if you got something like that near you, but most of them all you give your face have that banana pudding, right? And it's one of my favorites, okay? So you go there and you eat it all. And it's so good for a while. And it's decades later you find out that you have type 2 diabetes. See, there's a perceived benefit for a, a little while. The stuff's great. But a negative payoff isn't until later when you find out you've been eating all that kind of junk and now you have diabetes. Understanding that helps us to know how we break a bad habit. If a good habit's difficult to do at first, what do we do? Well, last week we talked about make it easy and make it obvious, right? If on the other hand, the bad habits look appealing in the shorthand, what we're going to do on the other hand is if we're, if we're um, taking notes, if you want to write this down, we're going to make it difficult to do. We're going to make it really, really hard to do the bad habit because we only have so much willpower, okay? Just like your energy depletes as you exert energy, so does your willpower. And you know it because you can fight certain things off for a while, and then you get tired of fighting it off. And I don't know what it might be for you, okay? Maybe you're trying to eat good, and they bring your favorite donuts into the office, right? And the first time you walk by him with confidence and, and power and, and victory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because you're saying, I can do all things through Christ. I, I don't need those stupid donuts. They don't even look good. You know, who eats those donuts? Only losers eat those donuts. The second time you walk by and, and you look at him and you say, hmm, but you know what? I praise God for what I'm not even going to eat. I don't even need that. And then the third time you walk by, you touch them just to see what does this feel like. And then you go, well, you know what? I thank you, God. This has no power over me. Then one day you smell it. Then you eat half of one. And you wait seven minutes before you eat the second half because somehow you tell yourself it's not a whole. If you have seven minutes in between, 
right? Then once you lose your donut dignity, you eat four. Because I already ate one, so I might as well eat more. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? What we're going to do is we're going to make it difficult to do. And I love the way Solomon phrased it in Proverbs. So I hope you guys have a chance to turn to Proverbs 4, 14 through 15. Here's what it says. It says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. I'm going to tell you four different times, four different ways you, you make it difficult to get around that which could harm you. Okay, We're going to make it difficult to do, right? If you're with us uh, with us last week, we talked about the habit loop, right? Okay, We're going to talk about that again for just a quick second. Okay, Research shows again and again that every bad habit starts with a cue or a trigger, right? A cue or a trigger. Something that says, oh, this is what you want to do. Okay? That leads to the action, okay? And then that's followed by the reward. So you have, you know, um, the the trigger, the action, and then the reward. So you have the high, the buzz, the dopamine hit, the fun, the pleasure, whatever it is, and then it flips back and goes trigger, action, reward, and, and again and again, right? So how do we break the habit? Well, what we're going to do, what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to remove the trigger and interrupt the action, Okay. Whatever it is that triggers us in the wrong direction, we're going to try to remove that trigger and we're going to try to interrupt the action. So let's talk about, uh, for a moment, about triggers, okay? We can be triggered into a bad habit or an unhelpful action by all sorts of different things. But studies show there are five major triggers that generally lead us in the wrong direction, okay? What are they? You know this because you can be triggered by a place, you can be triggered by a time, You might be triggered by a certain mood, you're triggered by a moment, or you might be triggered by people. So the five are place, time, mood, moment, and people. Let's talk about place and time together, okay? There's probably a place where you do the wrong bad habit, okay? And you consistently do it at a similar place. You also probably don't do that habit at certain places as well. For example, you probably don't overeat when you go to the gym, right? And you probably don't smoke pot when you come to church, if you do, we need, we need to talk a little bit about your spiritual development, okay? You probably don't do those things at those places, but you might smoke pot and overeat at a Super Bowl party if you're with the wrong people, okay? It's the place. There's also a time. You probably don't binge watch pornography when you're with other people at Life Group, okay? You don't do it in that time. When you might do it, is maybe late at night when you're mad at your spouse or, or when you're a little bit uh, or feeling a little bit lonely, right? Or when, you're, when you feel bored. There's probably a time and a place where you do this. Time and place really matter a lot, okay? We're going to make sure if there's a time and a pl- or a place that triggers us, we're going to try to remove that trigger. David in the Old Testament made a, a horrible mistake, and, and you can summarize it. Wrong place, wrong time. The guy wasn't a bad guy. He, he generally loved God. And, and you, I, will, I will say this, you're not a bad person if you continue to fall in the same ruts. You can genuinely uh, love God. But if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you might find yourself doing something you never wanted to do. And if you haven't read the story and you don't know it, David the king, who loved God, committed adultery with Bathsheba and ended up having her husband murdered. Why? Why? Because of the wrong place, wrong time. 
The beginning of the story says in the springtime, when kings go off to war, David stayed back at the palace. When he wasn't where he was supposed to be, he ended up at the wrong time going up on the rooftop, which happened to be his neighbor's bath time. And, and so he started checking it out. Wrong place, wrong time. Led him to see something he shouldn't have seen, which led him to do something that he shouldn't have done. If there's that consistent place, that consistent time where you find yourself vulnerable, okay, we're going to try to remove the triggers from our lives, okay? There's also moods, and you know that as well. You're more vulnerable when you're in a certain mood. And experts will teach you to halt, okay, H-A-L-T. If you see a mood coming that you know you're vulnerable, you'll halt, okay? Well, what does halt stand for? When are we vulnerable? We're vulnerable when we're hungry. That's the H, right? We're vulnerable when we're angry. That's the A. And L stands for lonely or when you're bored, okay? When you find nothing going on, you feel under-challenged. You feel lonely. You're vulnerable, right? Okay? Or we're vulnerable when we're tired, T. You have less strength when you're tired, and so you might halt. You know, I'm in that place. I'm in that time. I'm in the mood where, where, where I'm more vulnerable, okay? I need to remove the trigger and go do something else to get myself out of danger. There's also moments, okay? There's certain moments. When, when something happens after that moment, you end up doing that very thing that you didn't want to do. You know, something happens, a moment triggers you, you get in a fight with your husband, right? And you call the same three girlfriends and you have a husband bashing party. Because that's what you do after a fight with your husband. Or you guys, you know, you have to go to the game with all the guys and you, you drink too much. You did it last time. You did it the time before. You did it this time. You'll do it the next time. It's a moment that triggers you to do something wrong. You want to look for the moments that might trigger you. And we're going to distance ourselves from the time, this place, the mood, the moment. And also, this is going to hurt feelings, but it's so important, the people. The wrong people can be triggered, uh, can be triggers that lead us in the wrong direction. Okay, just as the right people can be triggers to lead us in the right direction. In fact, studies are conclusive that the closer you are to someone, the more likely you are to have the same habits as the people close to you. There was one study I found fascinating that they tracked twelve thousand people over thirty-two over a thirty-two year period. Okay, three decades, twelve thousand people. They found out all sorts of crazy, interesting stuff. Two of the points were interesting to me. If you have one friend who is significantly overweight, there's a 57% uh, chance that you will be overweight as well. One friend, okay? The good news is if you have one friend that loses a significant amount of weight, one of the three closest friends to that person will also lose a significant amount of weight. The people we hang with often shape the habits that we have. It doesn't take a study to prove this either. Long before there were any studies, Solomon said this in Proverbs 13.20, and I love this. He said, if you walk with the wise, you become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. We become like the people that we run around with. It's almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. It doesn't mean that we're not a, a light to people. It doesn't mean we're not friends with all sorts of people. But Paul said it very, very clearly. And kid yourself not in this, okay? He said this, bad company corrupts good character. Do not be misled. 
you become like the people that you're around. If you're consistently going in the wrong direction and the people around you are going in the wrong direction, maybe we need to redefine our relationships and who we spend time with. Okay, What are we going to do? We're going to be looking to the triggers. Okay, We're going to remove the triggers and we're going to interrupt the actions. How might this play out? Okay, well, let's get really practical here, okay? If, if you have a problem on Amazon where you're click, 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 and you go, man, how in the world did I just spend $500? I don't know. Well, let's just click some more. Click, 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 you know. What you might do is you might have a friend have your password, okay? And you can't buy anything until you go through that friend. You just made it way more difficult to do. Let's say you continue to look at lustful images and you can't stop. What we're going to do is we're going to make it way more difficult to do. You're, you're going to get someone else to have the passcodes to your phone, and they're going to limit adult content. Okay, and They might even block Safari completely. You may not be allowed to have Instagram. We're going to make it very difficult to get. You may not be able to download apps. Okay, If you're smart enough to get around all their limitations, then maybe you just go get a dumb phone, you know? Because your purity matters so much to you, you're not going to let images take you out of serving God faithfully and having true intimacy with someone else because you continue to lust after something that is not real. You know, you're going to remove the trigger and you're going to cut and break the action. How do you break a bad habit? You make it difficult to do. Then we're going to find something else to do. We're going to create bad habits in places, I'm sorry, we're going to create good habits in the places of other ones. So if I can talk to some of you right now that you're deep into a habit, I just want to kind of pause, okay? Maybe you're gambling. Maybe it's some sort of addiction to alcohol or drugs or prescription medication or some kind of sexual addiction, okay? Seriously, for you, it's time for rehab. It's time for rehab. I'm not talking just a a break from it. I'm talking true rehab. You need to see someone, okay? I I encourage you to step out and and find someone you can trust. Uh, Go to a doctor, um, a loved one, family member, something, and help you get some help through rehab, okay? It's, It's time to own up to it and say, you know what? I'm not going to let something control my life. And that goes for any of your habits. When you look at the direction you're going, think about it. If that's not the direction you want to go, you're going to do something significant to stop it. I encourage you guys to do so. Now, think about this. The habits that you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. Okay, let that sink in for a second. The habits you have today, they're shaping you, shaping who you become tomorrow. Okay. Do you like the direction your habits are taking you? If you're not sure, just kind of play them forward a little bit, okay? Take that bad thing, the, the little secret thing that you have, the thing that you don't tell anybody about, or that thing that's annoying, whatever it might be. For some of you, you just play it forward, okay? 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Here's what you will say in the future. You will say, I had no idea how much this was going to cost me. I never knew I would lose so much. I would, I would give anything if I could go back in time and do something different. I never expected to lose my family, to lose my house, to lose my name. I didn't do it all at once. One small bad habit over time, based on who you want to become, what habit are you going to break? But I feel so weak. Great. Because when you are weak, listen to me, Christ's strength is made perfect. 
Scripture says this, you're never tempted in any way that's uncommon. Our God is faithful. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He always gives you a way out. We just did a series on that. There's always a way out. Okay, think about Samson. 56,250 steps in the wrong direction. It was also 56,250 opportunities to stop, to turn around, to say, this isn't who I want to become. This isn't the life that I want. God created me for something more. I'm not going to snooze my alarm. I'm not going to eat donuts. You know, what's the big deal about that? Well, it says, do not despise, Zechariah says, the day of small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Never underestimate how God can start something special through something small. Do not despise the small things, the small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices. Imagine this. My kid scores a goal or my kid makes his bed. He obeys. What do I do? I say, way to go. I rejoice. Imagine God in heaven rejoicing over you when when you're faithful in the small things where God says, way to go. You're on the right track. You stopped going in the wrong direction, and now you're being conformed to the image of my will. Then when you start to do these small things, they're not actions. They're redefining your identity. It's not what I do. It's who I am. If I'm practicing the piano, I am a musician. It's my identity. When I wake up and I read my Bible, I'm becoming a man of God. When you don't look at the lustful trash, I'm being purified by Christ. My mind is being renewed. I'm a person of integrity. Becomes my identity. Then one day you wake up and you realize, because Jesus dwells within me, Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am a self-disciplined, devil-kicking, mountain-moving, light-shining, spirit-filled overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. And if you know the verse, by the word of my testimony. My story. It's my story. I'm not what I was. I used to be there, but God saw that I was faithful in some small things, and he trusted me with more. Who do you want to become? Based on who do you want to become, what habit do you need to start? What habit do you need to stop? Do not grow weary in doing good. Scripture says, because at the proper time, it may be in the distance, but it will get there. The proper time, you will reap an incredible harvest if you do not give up. Amen. Thanks again for being a part of Venture Podcast. That wraps up our series on habits. Next week, we are going to talk about how it's difficult to believe in a God who we cannot see. You know, we wonder why God didn't answer our prayers or why God allows suffering or why we can't feel his presence. You know, God may not meet all of your expectations, but that's good news. So join us and find out why in our new series starting next week, I Want to Believe, but talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.